0: Welcome to the Absent Father Podcast, a weekly conversation where we discuss the impacts in all areas of our life, of growing up with an absent father, how to overcome them, and the superpowers we create along the way. I'm your host, Rodney Miller, executive coach, MBA, and son of an absent father. You can learn more about me and get in touch by visiting www.rodneymuller.com. We got greatness by choice. We got gravity by chance. All right, welcome to another episode of the Absent Father Podcast. Today's episode is uh, part two. It's a follow-up from last week's episode around uh, why do dads leave? So this is why do dads leave part two. Uh, Last week we were talking about essentially, um, you know, not only why do dads leave in the uh, intermediate sense, uh, like why do they leave a family, but kind of diving into that a little bit deeper and looking at how do how do people abandon things? How do people leave and what's the source of that? And a big part of that was looking at the, the idea that uh, people tend to avoid things or people um, and due to no fault of the thing or the people, but they tend to avoid uh, things that bring them shame, or when they when they experience uh, this idea of or are reminded of the ways in which they are not enough. Um, one of my one of my favorite examples uh, that I like to think about is uh, one time when my wife and I were living in Mexico. Uh, we were trying to learn Spanish, and so we went to this immersion class in uh, Merida, Mexico, in the Yucatan Peninsula, uh, and there was about six people in the classroom, and uh, both my wife and I were pretty novice Spanish speakers, and uh, you were only allowed to speak Spanish. So basically, it was like being in a classroom, and the teacher was calling your name all day to see if you knew the answer, and you did not know the answer. Uh, So it felt excruciating, because in each moment, you were present to what you didn't know. And, uh, fortunately we knew that that was in service of something, but when you don't know that it's in service of something, uh, obviously we don't like those experiences, so we tend to avoid them. So, uh, that was last week's episode and I'm, uh, in today's episode we're going to talk about this in a little bit more of a macro perspective, so thinking about, um, what is the larger perspective that's at play here that um, contributes to father absence? Um, but before I jump into that, you know it's interesting I I uh, just want to say this for the record and uh, in service of uh, keeping me moving forward is that um, I, I find myself at a at a moment where uh, you know whether it's from the week or you know being tired or whatever it was that, uh, I I just notice a lot of resistance to getting this episode out there, and I know that uh, a big part of that is a fear that what I'm going to say or what I have to say isn't good enough right now, and uh, this episode is doing that anyway. And I think that it is so important in those moments, especially when we don't feel like we're good enough or we don't feel like uh, what we have to say. Is enough and we want to uh, procrastinate or uh, abandon or emotionally disconnect um, to just lean in in those moments. So uh, that is where I'm at today. And uh, I hope that is uh, helpful for for anyone else out there. But I want to dive into this part two, why do dads leave today? Now, uh, I hadn't considered uh, this topic or kind of the, you might call it the generational nature of absent fathers Uh, until much later in life. I just kind of only thought about my own father and that he wasn't absent, and I thought that was kind of crappy. But as I started to do more work, uh, particularly uh, a 12-step recovery program that I've shared, I think, on the show a few times. Which is called Adult Children of Alcoholics, and essentially it's a it's a, a healing program. I, I like to think of it as a uh, a fellowship where you learn to heal your relationship to yourself, um, to your childhood, um, and uh, learn to be a better version of yourself. And one of the things that the the ACA program talks about is. This idea of how uh, dysfunction, particularly family dysfunction, is passed on from generation to generation, and it's very confusing because you know our fears and our shame uh, are—they manifest or show up in many different ways. So you know, on the one hand, they could show up as a uh, workaholic who's super successful. Um, you know, and looks like everything's great on the outside, but on the inside, um, you know, there's there's not a lot of sense of self-satisfaction or they're kind of being eaten up by the idea of uh, not being good enough. Um, and it can also be in the more obvious forms with uh, drug addiction or alcoholism. But the idea is that um, dysfunction and uh, pain and trauma are kind of Uh, passed down from generation to generation. Uh, One of the things that I've become incredibly aware of is that um, people who do bad things, um, people who uh, end up drug addicted, people who are alcoholics, people who abuse other people, um, that doesn't just come from nowhere. Uh, I, I don't believe that there are just bad people that are born into the world. And if you investigate the past of, of most of the people who are hurting people, they are people who themselves were hurt uh, or abused or abandoned um, at one time in their own life. So bring this into the idea of the, the absent father. One of the things that I started to uncover as I investigated my own family history um, and looking, you know, not only at my father, but, um, you know, my my family history, um, father absence or emotionally disconnected or physically absent fathers um, was something that was very consistent in my family history. Um, and, you know, part of what I hope that you will take on today is just kind of taking a look at your own family history. You know, maybe your father was absent. Um, What do you know about your father's father? What do you know about your father's father's father? Um, And similarly on your, on your, uh, your mother's side um, or with your stepfather, like what, what do you notice? What's the trend um, generation to generation? And I, I, I hope that there's two things that you get from this. Number one is um, to start to become aware of uh, perhaps we're, we're dealing as a society and individually with something that's much bigger than just uh, one person. Um, and for me, uh, realizing that there was uh, uh, this f- sense of abandonment or emotional disconnection in uh, men... Came from many generations before it, it. just gave me a sense of um, uh, not having it be quite as personal to me. Um, that that we're just kind of dealing with something that um, has been passed down from generation to generation to generation. Uh, as I've shared before, you know, I didn't. I still don't know a whole lot about my my own uh, father's history. Um, And I hadn't thought about it a lot until, like I said, much later in life. But um, one of the things that I realized uh, and that I I had kind of heard and and, uh, one of the things I noticed in a couple of the stories that I'll share, you know, our family stories, um, it's like the older that they are, the more uh, romantic sounding they get. They just sound uh, sort of nostalgic. Um, And even if they're very... uh, Painful, very uh, dysfunctional things. They just the, the passing of time tends to make them sound uh, very nostalgic or romantic in a way. And uh, with my own father, uh, the story was uh, you know, I was born in 1981. Um, many years later, I, I learned that uh, that same year, in fact, I believe only a few months after I was born that my own father's father was murdered. Uh, He was a a small business owner in the St. Louis area and uh, apparently there was a disgruntled employee and uh, he came to work and uh, murdered him. Um, So what does that have to do with me? What does that have to do with my father? Well, you know, even as I say it now, uh, it sounds sort of you know, way in the past, but if you could put yourself in the moment uh, of being that person and uh, seeing your own father or burying your own father, having him taken away from you at such a young age, and if you particularly don't have the tools uh, or not equipped to deal with the grief of that experience, uh, the emotion of that experience, um, it just to me really uh, tells me a lot about you know what my what my father might have been going through in that stage um the second piece is a little more uh, a little less uh, uh I guess violent <laughs> um but one of the things that I'm also present to is that you know when two people meet uh you know in the traditional sense when it's a, a, a man and a woman um, and there's a father and a mother, that uh, the there's an attraction that's there and, you know, what's the source of the attraction? And um, I, I think about, you know, what do we tolerate in relationship? Um, and when it comes to what we tolerate or what we allow or expect, um, a lot of that is informed by The previous generation, you know, what what were um, what did my parents tolerate in relationship, and um, what was normal, and what 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 did it look like to have a healthy uh, uh, partnership? So, as much as I look at the father side, and I obviously know less about that, I also took a look on my mother's side, and you know, what was the history of men in uh, in my mother's side, and, and how might that have informed what, what she tolerated? Um, so there was this old family story that my grandma always told. It was kind of like one of those family uh, stories uh, that were just kind of talked about and sort of chuckled about and never gave much thought to it. But um, the story was about my mother's, uh, my mother's grandfather, so my grandmother's father, Um, And his name was Pop. I actually don't know his first name, but his last name was Duco. And the story goes that he immigrated from Italy uh, in the uh, early 1900s. And the rest of my family was mostly of uh, German origin on that side. And the story goes that Pop... uh, had a family in Italy, uh, a wife and and a few children, and that uh, when he came to America, uh, he he told his family this is how the story goes: I went that he went to get a pack of smokes and never came back. And again, I you know it's, it sounds kind of uh, funny. Um, it sounds. Uh, you know, certainly whenever that was told, it was told in sort of a lighthearted, matter-of-fact way. But when you think about that actually occurring um, and obviously the impact to that family, you know, to lose uh, their husband and father without an explanation, Uh, but you also think about, or I do, you know, um, what was going through that man's mind um that made it seem okay for him to to leave in that manner um what was going through his mind that that had him be that desperate that you know you 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 had to leave it that way um and then secondly uh when you think about um how he dealt with that, because uh, you know, I imagine, I imagine, unless he was um, uh, crazy, that there had to be some sense of remorse or guilt about leaving a family behind in Italy. Um, and when you have that, there's like, unless you process these things in a healthy way, there's likely to be some disconnection. Um, and of course, I remember you know my grandmother talking about her father and uh, you know he mostly spoke Italian. Uh, she barely spoke to him. Um, it wasn't uh, and it may have been common in that generation, but you know, uh, he wasn't someone that you know my grandmother would speak to. It wasn't much of a relationship there. Um, and so my mother, or sorry, my grandmother, uh, she then married my grandfather, Henry, or Hank. Now, I I don't know as much about my my grandfather's uh parents, but I do know that ultimately my grandfather became an alcoholic. Uh he was um at least verbally abusive and very strict, very strict on my mother. Um and certainly you could say emotionally uh disconnected. Um for me, I met him uh, toward the last bit of his life. He passed away when I was four. And uh, I don't know if I was a bit of a second chance, but I had a strong bond with my grandfather, uh, some of my earliest memories. And I don't know what he uh, what what he experienced as a child, but one of the other things that I know is that uh, he fought in the infantry in World War II and uh, knowing a little bit about the Army and uh, where he was, and again, some of the stories that kind of trickled down, he didn't talk much about the war like uh, many men of that generation. And when he came back, um, it, it sounds like the alcoholism uh, really flourished. And so, you know, essentially my mom was raised by an alcoholic and alcoholism is kind of the, uh, is a symptom of, uh, or a way of classifying a person who is really emotionally not present. Um, they're not present with themselves and and then use alcohol. Obviously, when you're an alcoholic, you're not very present. So, again, I'm, I hope that you're starting to think about your own uh, generation and what was passed down. Um, I think it's something that as a, as a, as a society – Uh, certainly in America, we really don't talk about, we sort of discount um, uh, our past and our lineage. And um, it's something that I think about overall as a society, like what we could be if we were able to acknowledge um, the generational nature of a lot of uh, pain and trauma and abuse that's passed down. Um, And my hope, again, with this Podcast and bringing light to these sort of things is that what we get to do is we get to address those things. We get to um, know where it came from. We get to address it. We get to talk about it. Uh, we get to heal it, hopefully. And I'm grateful for my previous generations because, because they did the work. Um, we got a little bit better each time. And now I have this opportunity to you know, go to college and uh, earn enough income to where I could have time to think about things like this. I think the cool thing about human beings is that, um, you know, even though we might have come from uh, a path or a place that was um, not ideal, that didn't make it easy or give us a good head start, like we can still become our best selves and we can still move forward. Um, we can still do all the great things. But I think it is important still to think about um, think about the generational nature of, of dysfunction. So tying these pieces together, um, if, if you have an absent father who also had an absent father, um, they essentially came away with some of the very similar traits. You know, whatever I do is never enough. Um, and like most human beings, they try to do the best they can with the, the, the amount of awareness um, with what they know at the time. And when you have that starting out, when you have an emotionally disconnected father or maybe you had an absent father or maybe you lost your father at a young age uh, or maybe um, they were an alcoholic and there are all kinds of factors that could have brought – um, your parent or your parent's parent to that place in life, whether it was um, the, the traumas of war. And so many of our uh, forefathers, previous generations, fought in uh, nasty, uh, very difficult wars uh, where they saw people die right in front of them. Um, or it's uh, you have been impoverished um, from generation to generation to generation, or in the African-American community where uh, your ancestors were brought to this land enslaved, um, and then when there was finally freedom, there was still a uh, context of, uh, that was enforced by our culture that, that you are not enough. And imagine... Uh, the impact of having to grow up in that space, being told that you're not enough based on the color of your skin, uh, having opportunities limited based on that. Um, any human being facing these kind of circumstances, these kind of challenges, um, it would be difficult to face, difficult to work with. And I, I hope that uh, by, by thinking about it this way, it gives you some uh, sense of possibility that maybe we can interrupt this cycle, um, and also some compassion, some forgiveness, uh, some empathy for where you come from. And uh, even though there's there's no excuse uh, for our fathers not being emotionally connected or uh, certainly present in our lives. Um, I just don't believe that they do it on purpose. I I just believe that people do the best that they can. And as a world, we have a long way to go in terms of uh, learning how to deal with our pain and trauma, uh, learning how to uh, be vulnerable and connected and loving. Um, So I think I'm going to wrap it up here. I hope that you're taking something something from this episode this week. I would love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear your stories of... um, where, uh, your generation brought you. All right. I'm, uh, glad I made it through that. I think it was, I hope it turned out. Okay. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And again, you've been listening to the absent father podcast, a weekly conversation where we discuss the impacts of growing up with an absent father, how to overcome them and the superpowers that we create along the way. Again, I'm your host, Rodney Miller. You can reach me, uh, via my website at www.rodneymiller.com. Also, if you haven't already, please, please, please subscribe to the podcast and rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It helps uh, spread the message and helps make it more searchable in iTunes. All right, until next time. Head up, heart higher. Head